0: This is episode 21 of the Movie Man, I'm your host, Noah, and joining me is Patrick.
1: Hello, how's it going? I'm
0: um, going good, going good. Uh, was, I was not um, sure if we'd be able to do this podcast today, because uh, the, um, the Wi-Fi went out, and I didn't know if we'd have good connection or anything, but we got it back on, and we normally don't have that good of a connection anyway, so... <laughs> 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 Much worse, but we might just not have any. At yeah,
1: all. we do the best with what we got, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, how uh, are you doing? I'm good?
1: great. I'm just taking it day by day, enjoying summer before college.
0: Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, doing good. Nice. Uh, have you seen anything recently? Um,
1: yeah, I just, yeah, I, I watched talk. the general last night with uh, Buster Keaton. It was really good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw um the Pas de Duix
1: thing you <laughs> uh, that you
0: said was really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was really good. It was mysterious, good choreography, had a great uh, classical music piece behind it. And uh, yeah, it was just really beautiful looking. And yeah. Yeah. That's one of my
1: favorite movies right now. I think it's The Ultimate Romance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also saw Yo Jimbo, which is sort of about a um samurai who has to help resolve a quarrel between um two big stickers in a town and it was that was really good as well. Do they talk about that in the uh, office.
1: Whenever Microsoft like Yo Jimbo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think that's just, I think that's. might just um I don't think so.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, this was really cool. But it, it the one thing I was struggling with was keeping track of all the names. There's so many names here and I was trying to distinguish yeah. them all as they're all really hard to remember, but it
1: was still really good. Yeah, that's very typical of trying to watch a foreign movie. The hardest part. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh so that's pretty much all that I've seen so do you want to go ahead and get into Parts of the Caribbean Dead Man's yeah, Chest. Good. So, you know, Parts of the Caribbean 1 was a huge success and we both gave it um two recommends. And the sequel was definitely guaranteed, I think, just with it being a huge huge success and uh Johnny Depp's Oscar nomination. Yeah,
1: definitely. People wanted to see more from these characters.
0: Yeah. And I think there were definitely more stories that um, could be told in this world. Uh, I think that just seeing where we left these characters. So I, I think that when we talked about last time, if we necessarily needed sequels, um, you, you said that it could stand alone, but there's definitely room for a for sequel. And yeah, I definitely agreed. So yeah. So a sequel um, definitely makes sense. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think with Jack Sparrow sailing off into the distance at the end of the last movie, it sets it up either way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, right off the bat, you know, we, we left on a pretty high note with all these characters, and it's kind of like the almost the Alien Three of the part. Everything that that was happy at the end of Aliens ends ends with just a just a big. Uh, elizabeth and um will were apparently supposed to get married but um due to what had happened in the uh, previous film um with um uh will setting Jack free just against the law and stuff yeah uh, it, it's it certainly makes sense
1: yeah yeah they definitely picked out the parts of the first movie that could potentially have some kind of consequences or results, and they start off right mm-hmm. off the bat with those.
0: Yeah, and you know we're talking about like H- Hector Barbosa will never come back as a full-fledged villain here. With the you know we got Dead Man's Chest and World's End. It's it's they're all sort of a like the like a mini duology in this franchise, just w- with the Davy Jones villain, and yeah. we also really get introduced to the East India Trading Company. Um, which is another um, major villain with this uh, short little Napoleon-type character, um, um, Beckett.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think, well, I mean, it'll be very clear when we get to the ending of this movie, but I think, uh, like you were saying, with the first one, it could go either way as far as sequels, but with the second one, it's very clear that they had sequels in mind, and they are trying to create a very expansive story that takes multiple movies to complete.
0: Yeah, and just with where we pick up with all these characters, you know, um, Will and Elizabeth are both sent to prison, and we'll later learn, um, later in the movie, um, um, Norrington is just like a disgraced drunk, Mm -hmm. uh, just with, um, he um letting sparrow go free and giving him a one day's head start and he couldn't live with himself i guess and just um resigned and ran off and then yeah they briefly jack...
1: they briefly mentioned sorry for interrupting they briefly mentioned that he like sent a whole armada through a whirlpool or something or like a hurricane and that's why he yeah. was like disgraced because mm-hmm. he kind of regretted the mercy he showed jack and got too uh too confident in his pursuit
0: Mm-hmm. and when we get to you know jack sparrow he's not doing so well either i mean just uh <laughs> what we were talking about last time with um him being uh uh he wants to be this great pirate but you were talking about and um him not um being ruthless enough to really do that and that's sort of What follows here is just that they're really down on their luck. They haven't done a whole lot of um, privileging or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they're all just sort of down on their luck. And Jack is uh, just really getting desperate. He's chasing after this keen, you know. And I like the introduction, too, just with him in that coffin. We're reintroduced to this character in in a fun way. Not as... I'm not going to say it's as great as him riding in on that little boat, but it's still a, it's a fun introduction to him, but we see in just in his character that something's different about his demeanor though.
1: Yeah. He, he has a new goal and Mm -hmm. that, that's the mystery of this one that they're trying to uh, put forward is what is Jack Sparrow's goal and what is he running from? Why is he, uh, why is he different than the first movie?
0: Yeah, something's, something's haunting him.
1: Yeah, which again kind of puts Jack Sparrow as the central character, which yeah. wasn't really originally intended with the first movie.
0: Mm-hmm. They've definitely recognized that he's the character that people liked the most from that first parts movie, and they're they're using that. Um, yeah, I was I looking even... at the
1: description on Letterboxd, and it's, like, all about Jack. Like, the tagline is Jack is back, and it's it's yeah. really the only person that's mentioned is Jack Sparrow.
0: Yeah, just reading, like, I have the page pulled up where it's, Jack is back. Captain Jack Sparrow works his way out of a blood debt with ghost um, Davy Jones. He also attempts to avoid external damnation, not once mentioning that uh, (laughs) Orlando Bloom has to go and find Jack to save Elizabeth. And uh, It's just all, yeah, it's definitely all centered on Jack, but I think that while we all love Jack, I think when we get to Stranger Tides, it really shows that Jack is more of a I guess a team player, even though we like the character himself may not see himself that way, but he works the best just alongside uh Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley,
1: right. He's the central character, but mm-hmm. he can't support the story on his own,
0: yeah um and just so we're sort of seeing just where these characters are at, you know we saw that the wedding between um uh World will perfect. and. Uh, Will and Elizabeth had been crashed, and um, just, yeah, Jack is not all right, and his crew is really just grumpy. Um, Not a lot of the characters we saw from the last movie are still here. Um, I don't think we have uh, um, Gamora, whatever, Zoe Saldana. Um, She isn't back. We just got um, the little guy and Cotton, his parrot, and Gibbs. Then we have this new crew. Um, I don't know any of their names.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think they're really. Uh, I don't think they're even named on the cast list, so I could look it up.
0: Um, yeah. And Jack, um, is we also see that he uh, meets, um, Will's father, um, played by, um, Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, I did not remember um that he played as uh um uh Will's father but i guess i just didn't know who stunt scar- scar-, scar scar was just until i got more involved on in who these actors were and stuff you know he, i know him from the thor films and the you know, good will hunting um and i think he's he's yeah, i don't think he does a just like a a whole lot but i mean i like for what what he for what he does he's pretty good
1: yeah, he definitely fits the character and he's a weird enough uh fit for this world. You know, he it makes sense mm-hmm. that he's here.
0: Yeah. And you know, when we get to Davy Jones, I love just how it's all been built up. Even in, you know, Curse of the Black Pearl, um Davy Jones was dropped in there and um which you know is a common pirate phrase. Um but here they're really accessing uh, that, that character, and just with, um, we learned from Stellan Skarsgård that Jack had to make a deal with, um, Davy Jones to bring back the Black Pearl, um, apparently Jack had it sunk or something, or it was already sunk when Jack found it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I think he was just in a Bad situation where it, it was about to sink, and he made the deal to save it. But there's yes. not—it's not really detailed.
0: Yeah, it's definitely left ambiguous. Um, but, and but Jack owes him um, how many souls? Yeah. Jack owns himself. Jack owes Davy Jones his soul, uh, but right. later Jack will um, have to give him a uh, hundred souls.
1: Yeah, instead. So, what did you think um, about Cutler Beckett in his introduction, Lord You know, I I thought it was good.
0: Um, I think that this is like I said, he has a sort of a Napoleon complex. He's a he's a short dude, um, and he's got this right hand man, Mercer. Uh, I think he definitely um has a, a a menacing figure. Uh, I don't think of him a whole lot when I look back on this series, though. It, honestly just um when i sat down to see the movie i was like oh yeah th- th- this guy's in here i forgot about him um yeah but he, he, here he's not in it a whole lot he's sort of in the he's in in at the beginning and he's sort of in it at the end uh when mm-hmm. we get to world's end though that's when he's gonna play a big role
1: yeah definitely i think it is cool how in the first movie there are a few things that are mentioned like the east india trading company and like Davy Jones locker briefly and they really mm-hmm. pulled those out and fleshed them out pretty completely in the, the yeah. they mined yeah. that first story for everything it was worth <laughs> uh
0: huh you know I just like how he sets um sets the emotion he has an offer, jack even though he's even though Beckett isn't in this movie a whole lot his shadow still looms large just over what's driving this plot you know um, to get Jack uh, to get the compass and he's going to offer Jack a position uh, in the East India Trading Company and we'll really learn in the next movie about the, just the history of uh, Beckett and Sparrow you know, um, Beckett has that brand with the P on it that gave um, Jack that brand on his wrist there's definitely a lot um, that can be unfolded here. I think this is really a two-parter. I think Dead Man's Chest and World's End sort of go hand-in-hand, hand, especially with sort of the cliffhanger at the end of this movie.
1: Right. Which, on... um, we, it
0: leaves Which you... at
1: World's End is so long it could be two movies in itself, so it's almost like a three-part. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that this would definitely just have been a full trilogy, just completely throw away Stranger Tides. <laughs> yeah. Um... But, um, yeah, we see, uh, yeah, we, so Beckett has sent Will off, um, to go, uh, get Jack and the Compass, um, and even, and if, um, Will can go and get Jack, then he will set Will and Elizabeth free, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, they'll get a full pardon and everything.
0: Yes. And, uh... Elizabeth's father is not very for this deal just because he doesn't trust Jack and he doesn't trust Will really I still don't think that um Elizabeth's father has um quite Yeah,
1: him. not completely. He's uh he's very protective of his daughter.
0: Yeah. And really we see him in these this sort of two parter become a, a sort of a not a central character but his story is certainly interesting just as he he sort of goes through this downfall as he tries to find his daughter cuz while he will set her free later or at least go, let her go halfway um uh he he's still chasing after her and he, just with meeting Davy Jones and stuff in in those audiobooks that I listen to also it really focuses more just on um just the downfall that this character goes through is just he sees the just the violence that Davy Jones commits and he sort of loses hope that his um, daughter is even alive.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. It's definitely uh, um, something they do very well in this series is that every character progresses pretty naturally uh, throughout the story and they respond as the character should throughout.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we we follow Will... Uh, as he tries to find Jack, Here's all these stories. We see um, Scarlet and Giselle again. Yeah. Um, and then um the the main true story, or at least the one that seems closest, is um sort of a, a shrimp man, I guess, who, who fishes for shrimp. <laughs> and um, he he talks about uh, this island that has a, a ship with black sails on there, and you know, obviously, Will goes to Jack Sparrow. Uh, well, that's where his mind goes to, and. Uh, it's sort of um, as he's sailing there. The the man sailing, um, um, rowing him over there, um, uh, stops and wills to swim the rest of the way. So we're it's set up that there's something on this island, uh, that is not right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it, this island thing is pretty cool, honestly.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, just it's so weird and it's so, I guess jack spare that jack would be captured to who's a this these cannibals believe him to be this god and it's all very funny depp is still just a lot of fun here he's he's giving a slightly more fearful performance just because of the just the shadow that's looming over here over over him yeah Uh, but he's still uh, uh just a lot of fun seeing him as uh the um, uh, the, this god, I guess, that these cannibals believe him to be, I think that's where he's at his most fun. Um, just with you know, I'm gonna have some problems later on with the, just the decisions these characters make. Um, Will, here especially, it's very at first. I'm all for Will, we're kind of in Will's boots here, just we know <laughs> pretty much as much as Will knows, yeah. Um, we don't know what's going on with Jack. Why he's um, the head of this um, tribe of cannibals, and really, we're we're learning this right along with Gibbs. But just this, all this cannibal stuff is just a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and it's uh it's paced very well. Like you were saying, they set up the tension at the beginning pretty well, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know when he gets captured, it's you know it's comedic for a while, and then it they use that comedy as a uh an energy that propels them into the action when they're trying to escape.
0: Yeah. And uh, we're yeah, like I said, we're learning from Gibbs why Jack is the head of this or at least for Jack. Even though it looks like the 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 crew has it the worst, uh Jack is gonna be uh killed, right?
1: Yeah. They're gonna eat him so they can release his soul or whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we sort of see Jack just sort of sleuthing away. Just this entire breakout seems fun, and this movie looks really good. It's it's, it's even the last the the last movie looks good. This is honestly a step up, just in effects and set design.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was always something I liked about Dead Man's Chest was the tone, like with the colors and everything, and the production mm-hmm. design. It's definitely uh, more. I guess just aesthetically pleasing. It's not more intriguing or anything, but it's more. Uh, it just looks better. Just to yeah. what you said.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and just the costume design as well. Just with just the paint these tri members are wearing. Um, definitely props to just the the set design members and all that. They they all did a good job. And uh, you know we, we talked about the Hans Zimmer and uh, Klaus Bennett score, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and here, I think that many of the iconic themes that we remember this franchise are here full force, just if the, the Davy Jones theme, and then we have, uh, really the main Jack Sparrow scene, the Jack Sparrow score, which, where it's like, dun, 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 just like that. Yeah uh which we didn't get last time it was it was the dun uh but here each member sort of has their own theme, and yeah, all this stuff um isn't in- is just really interesting over here at the cannibal island um like i said we're we're with will, we don't know what's going on and um yeah, and we're also reintroduced to Penmple and veghetti who are still here,
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um there's still a whole lot of fun trying to steal uh the black pearl um yeah so cannibal stuff a lot of fun
1: absolutely so they they escape from the cannibals after i mean we don't need to go into details of how they escape but i first of all i love the shot when he's running down the beach with all the cannibals behind him and they're like we got oh, so much act. fun and then, yeah it's just it and it all builds up to that moment and that's like the most epic shot of the sequence. So uh, yeah, well executed from beginning yes. to end.
0: Yeah, it, it really just looks it looks great. And uh, we also go back to Elizabeth um, who um, is being set free by her father who never seemed to um, like Beckett a whole off when he showed up. Um, so Beckett's a lord now, right? He's he was originally a count, and now he's a lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lord Beckett is yeah, mm-hmm. yes.
0: And you know something I noticed just when I was watching the movie, um, a lot of it's a much darker movie, just in look and sort of in feel too. Just through, just how Jack is much more haunted and. Um, just sort of the tragedy of the Davy Jones character, really. And um, we see here just when um, uh, Elizabeth is being set free, the the murder, the, say, Elizabeth away, everything just feels much more darker.
1: Yeah, I think it's comparable to the Star Wars, like A New Hope compared to The Empire Strikes Back. I think there's yeah. something about world building and being introduced to characters for the first time that is a little more like jovial and upbeat. But then once you know the yeah. characters, the best thing to do with it in a series is to make it a little more serious because you already love the characters. So now that they're in a darker situation, you actually care. Whereas if you start off with a darker situation, it's like people aren't really as inclined to get attached uh, to those characters because the positive, uh, motions are more I don't know they they, they connect with people more
0: yeah and, and you know it's definitely how it is looking you know with uh, Captain America Winter Soldier definitely I think a much more darker film um, the Fear mm-hmm. Dead and you mentioned um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back um, definitely much more darker I think even The Last Jedi would probably be a much darker movie I think that still counts as a with its trilogy um yeah lord of
1: the rings
0: well yeah lord of the rings also yeah multiple instances where the sequels are more darker and yeah i think you made a good point there um and elizabeth is um she thinks that what uh, beckett wants is isla de um mm-hmm. the he wants the gold there because she doesn't know what the compass can do. And you know, the compass points to what you want most. I think we said that in the last podcast. Um, yes. But yeah, that's what it can do. Um, he Beckett is wanting uh, the heart of Davy Jones. So that he can control Jones and be the number one force in the sea.
1: Yeah. Okay. Real quick. Just because like we finally brought up the, the chest with mm-hmm. the heart inside. I had never even realized, like, the pun in the name until, like, yesterday when I was thinking about the movie. Like, Dead Man's Chest, the chest (laughs) has a heart inside. I had, like, never really put that together. So that was, like, an aha moment for me.
0: Yeah, I I actually realized that when I watched it, uh, the, the second time, I was like, on, that could mean a lot of things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is an interesting title. Just with what it means, all these titles are honestly really good. Just looking at this one here, I, I think honestly the worst title is Stranger Tides. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> th- all these titles are good just with sort of setting up what's going to drive the story forward uh, with the Curse of the Black Pearl Um, and with, um, Dead Man's Chest, and, um, World's End honestly plays a much smaller part, um, in the third one, uh, but yeah, all these, just about all these titles, uh, they say something interesting about the movie.
1: Yeah, well, I think at World's End that they're referring to the World's End literally, and then they're also referring to the World of Pirates ending, because that's kind of the biggest stake in that movie.
0: Yes. Um... So, okay, so with these papers here that Elizabeth steals from Beckett, right? Yes. Um, what ex- These are the papers that give Jack um, the ability to be a member of the East India Trading Company, correct?
1: Well, they're not specific to Jack, which plays an important role in the plot. They're just papers of immunity and, uh, yeah, entry into the East India Trading Company as a— uh privateer, which is like a pirate that's legal, basically.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that'll play a, a bigger role when we get to Norrington's character because that's going to be what he wants. Um, through the movie, that's what he stands to gain.
1: Yeah. Whoever signs that name gets the all the spoils.
0: Yeah. Um. So after um, Elizabeth escapes and. Uh, we get the breakout um from the cannibal stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Um Will and Jack sort of a confrontation just about um sort of what Jack is after and Will was looking for the compass, but uh, says that if uh can get the the key uh to David Jones that Jack will give him the compass. Yes. And so they need to go to, um, Calypso, or not known yet, uh, it is, what is well, the it's, name? it's,
1: it's <laughs> Tia Dalma, not known yet that it's Calypso. Tia Dalma.
0: Right. Um, Tia Dalma played by, um, uh, Naomi, Naomi yeah. Harris.
1: Yeah. Right. Who's awesome. Um.
0: Yeah, I you know. I'm not a huge fan of the Tia character. Actually, I, I don't. For for what she does in this first movie, I I do like. I think that she's an interesting character. Just, um, she sort of has this mysterious ability. And when she gets the monkey later, um, that's what we talked about last time. Is gonna play some sort of role, um, in bringing back, uh, Hector Barbosa. Later, but um, as so know, I like what she does here. Just when we get to World's End, um, and just all that Calypso stuff, um, I like what it will do for the Davy Jones character. Just the Calypso character is very, very weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was just saying, like Naomi Harris is awesome.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, she's a she's a good actress. Um, but just with when they go and um, meet her but actually before they do um we're sort of introduced um to the Kraken yeah and um the Kraken really cool I really like the captain at uh, the Kraken just with every time it, it takes down a ship, it looks really great.
1: Yeah, it's really well designed, and it's very. It has a lot of menace as far as what it can actually do, because it can really do some damage quickly, mm-hmm. and you will not see it coming.
0: Yeah, and it, there's just at one point it'll just suck a ship. Yeah. It. And sometimes it'll just slither its way across the mast and stuff that'll play a key later. You don't want its tentacles around your mast. Um <laughs> but actually um we're not introduced to cracking yet we see where elizabeth is at she snuck on a, on a on a boat and she wants to go get to tortuga because that's where she thinks jack will be
1: yeah i think
0: or at least will she's looking for will
1: yeah i think the way that she convinces the crew to go to tortuga is like it's interesting, I guess, but I think they take a little too long to make it happen. So it. Oh no! It is too it's long. It's a little
0: annoying. It, it is. Yeah. It, it takes too long. The there is a the director here is having to do a pretty big juggling act. Um, just with um, uh, Gore um Verbinski or whatever. He's having to do a juggle juggling act here of these three sort of separate storylines. Later, when Will will split apart from Jack to go to Davy Jones, and we still have Elizabeth trying to get to Jack, and then they'll sort of converge in this weird way. But especially when we get to World's End, there's just a lot of juggling going on here, and some stuff will go on too long. Uh, and I think some of this Elizabeth stuff could definitely be cut out. This movie runs at a two hours. I think there's some stuff you could definitely cut out of this movie, and this Elizabeth story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I understand that it's it's hard to find a simple logical reason for her to uh, convince this crew to go to Tortuga, but, I mean, they could have just sped it up a little bit, at least.
0: Yeah, I honestly could have just done with seeing this first scene, they're fighting over, excuse me, the dress, and we just see Elizabeth look over, and, like, it, they could have just dropped the line that they're heading toward, for Tortuga, and that's why Elizabeth jumped on the ship.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Um. So, but yeah, I get what they're trying to do. I still think it could have been cut. Um. But when they're introduced to Tia Dama, Naomi Harris, once again, good actress. I know her from the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Uh, she's really good in those. Um. And And she's good here too. Yeah, and Thor Ragnarok also. No, that's not her. It's not. No, that's a Tessa Thompson.
1: Oh, you're right. I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's okay. Um, but anyway, um, I do like, um, what she's telling Jack, and sort of, Jack is not sure what to do, you know, with Cursed a Black Pearl, he sort of had everything planned out. He had the one moment when he got to the island where he sort of had given up, uh, but he bounced back, and he came up with this elaborate plan to get Barbosa and all that, um, but here he's a much more just confused character, I mean, just with... Knowing the reputation of Davy Jones, he's ob- Davy Jones is obviously a much more um, bigger villain than Barbossa is. Um, just with the Kraken, it's really the Kraken that makes um, Davy Jones so powerful. Really, it, from what we've heard, he's still a formidable um, villain. But you know, when we're hearing about Davy Jones, if we're really hearing G- Gibbs talk about the Kraken, whole.
1: Yeah, I mean, Davy Jones has his own powers too. Like when he, mm-hmm. you know, jumps across ships, and you know, he can basically teleport, which is interesting. You know, it, they're, yeah. they're they're definitely expanding what is possible in this world, and Davy mm-hmm. Jones is a big part of that.
0: Yes, um, but, but that's what we're hearing a lot of the, the the cracking, the cracking. And you know, something we forgot to mention is when Stone Skarsgård showed up um, as Will's father. Um, he gave Jack the black spot, which is how um, Davy Jones, or no, the Kraken finds you.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that was when Jack was like, we got to get the land now quickly. So that kind of yeah. hinted that that was an important piece of how the Kraken operates.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it can't not be on dry land, which is a big part that'll run throughout this series is that most of the main villains uh, cannot get on land. With Davy Jones, he can't be on land. Um, all of um, uh, Captain Salazar's crew, when we get to Dead Man's Hotels, they cannot get on land. Um, so that, that definitely is uh, that's something that's played a big part in this series. Um, but Jack wants to find Davy Jones, right? I'm, that's what he's looking for.
1: Um, yeah, he, uh, hold on, let me see, he's, he wants to get the chest so that he can use it to bargain against, uh, Davy Jones, but he doesn't really want to run into Jones personally and risk having his debt collected, but when Mm -hmm. he does, when he does end up running into him, he makes a deal for the hundred souls like we were talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, why does T-Dama go, why does she tell him to go to this, this shipwrecked area?
1: Um, I don't know. I think, I think that maybe Jack was trying to go to Davy Jones to bargain for time because he knew he wouldn't have enough time to find the chest. And he sent Will to do it, obviously, because, you know, it wouldn't work out very well for Jack if he went himself, but that doesn't really work either.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, it's, I feel like some of this stuff is not explained very well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not explained super well, and the intentions, you know, they, they never really explain people's intentions very well. And even then, the, attention, the intentions aren't always uh, executed perfectly. So, yeah, it's very messy as far as what's going on, but it definitely propels the plot. Yeah. I... Thank you.
0: Um, well, anyway, after they visit Tiadala, they they go over to the um, the wreck ship. We see a bunch of these men just sailing, trying to sail this wreck ship. Um, Jackson's will over, um, will, um, and Will's, will should instantly know that something's up. I have to say, I mean. The, Will and Jack went on a full adventure <laughs> together, and Jack's like, yeah, go over there to this rat ship in the storm in the middle of nowhere, and it was like, okay, sure. <laughs> he just goes over there. Um. Anyway. Well, um, I mean,
1: to be fair, at that see, point, he doesn't really know anything about Davy Jones or the Kraken or really anything. True,
0: I guess he is so, woefully but, uninformed. He still knows something's odd. Yeah, he, he is uninformed. Will is in the dark, and so are we. Uh, just with this first hour so far, I mean, we're in Will's shoes pretty much. I think when we get after Davy Jones, uh, it'll be, things will be a little different. Um, but I have to say, it takes us about an hour to get to Davy Jones. Are you happy with this pacing that it took us an hour to get there? Um,
1: I think, like we said, there's definitely parts that could have been sped up, like Elizabeth getting to Tortuga etc probably there are pieces of um Elizabeth and Beckett's interactions that could have been shorter especially with like Governor Swan and all that stuff like it's not that those sequences are bad they're just a little drawn out
0: yeah and you know I honestly think that some of the stuff over at the at the Cannibal Island, could have been cut too. But when we get to Davy Jones, you know, Will gets knocked out and he's lined up with the crew. When we get to Davy Jones, it, it's awesome. Just <laughs> with the design of all of these crew members. Just with these these fish, these different fish sort of body parts. And just with um, the guy who's doing the mo-cap here, or at least the actor, a um, Bill Knee, Bill Nye, whatever he's doing a, a a great job. Just with he displays this air of menace, and the CGI helps him also. Um, just when Will cuts one of the the uh, one of the crew members of um, Davy Jones, like fish starts like falling out yeah. of him, and all of this just looks really great. And the lines that that Jones says, the "Do you fear death?" part, really like that. I. Every time I gave my dad a hug for a while after this movie, I would whisper that into his <laughs> ear and like really creep him out. Yeah, <laughs> but this it's a great introduction to a, a really cool. Movie. Yeah,
1: the whole crew is really bizarre, but it I mean it fits perfectly as soon as you see it. Yes, and think, he
0: instantly go ahead.
1: Sorry, I think if the if they hadn't have changed the tone early on, like we were saying then the Davy Jones crew would have come as more of a shock in, like, a bad way. So I yeah. think that def- was definitely intentional on the part of the crew.
0: Yeah, it, even though the tone is darker, it sets it well for when we get to Davy Jones. You're right.
1: He is a darker villain than even Barbosa was, for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, Jeffrey Rush he was playing a still a fun character, really.
1: Yeah, just absolutely.
0: His, his maniacal laugh, just the whole, the, the whole like skeleton idea was really cool um but you know here it's much more darker but i like it. jones <clears throat> excuse me jones isn't a dummy like he calls sparrow out like when sparrow is um um he's got the spy glass uh, yeah watching him i mean he instantly spots him
1: yeah, he's he is immediately powerful. I mean, he's pretty much the personification of death on the high seas. So that's kind of the ultimate villain for a pirates movie.
0: Yeah, that's that's like how it is, just in in, in pirate lore.
1: Yeah.
0: And Davy Jones, he can he can match with Sparrow too, just like what Jeffrey Rush did, while Rush sort of went along with. Sp- I mean doesn't care really. When um um Sparrow sort of mentions his past that Jones starts to soften. So we know that he has this sort of harsh past and that's the only way you can really get to him.
1: Yeah, definitely. The the key is in the past and that's yeah yeah clear from the first scene i think like you were saying i I'm, you cut out for a second so i'm not sure if you mentioned this but the, in the same way that barbosa plays off of uh jack sparrow's uh comedic side in the first movie i think mm-hmm. that um davy jones plays really well off of jack sparrow's fear in this movie
0: that's pretty, that's really just but not with the The fear part was definitely something that I didn't say, but I did bring up um, how Rush went up against Sparrow's comedic side. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was just comparing the two.
0: Yeah, while Rush is sort of aggravated by um, Sparrow's charms, um, Jones is just immune to it, really. He doesn't care. And even though he doesn't, um, Sparrow's still sort of sort of finds a way to talk his way out of the situation. He owns um, Jones' 100 Souls, because that's what Jones says his soul is worth. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, that's a lot, but it's... I guess when it comes to the crew of the dead, that would be a lot, but like, when you, I, my mind went to Ghost Rider, which is, is never a good thing, <laughs> but, but when the main villain in Ghost Rider... Um, is looking for the uh some sort of the item that carries a uh, hundred souls, which doesn't feel like a whole lot, but for Jones it does, so it totally goes with it. While with a hundred souls was a negative for Ghost Rider, a hundred souls is pretty good with Jones. Um, but um, Sparrow also has to uh, trade Will over to um Jones.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing that's uh interesting about. Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones and their kind of relationship in this movie in particular is that even though Jones mm-hmm. isn't uh, as easily affected by Sparrow's, you know, wittiness and his kind of his annoying nature. It, it definitely points more to Sparrow's intelligence in this one that he can still match wits with Davy Jones. And he definitely yeah. hits him where it hurts subtly on multiple occasions And uh, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. obviously outwitted him before, just because he's Mm -hmm. still alive.
0: Yeah, and uh, the um, Jones takes away the black spot um, since um, Sparrow is sort of, I guess, kind of working for Jones. Just he has to get him those hundred souls. Um, So Jones takes the black spot off of him Um, after this scene. Um, we cut back to Elizabeth, um, which is just with her with the sort of puppeting the dress, I guess. Um, it, it, it's fine. It, it should have been cut. Um, I mean, I get what the writers are going for by inserting the scene, but honestly, I'd have preferred it to be cut.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to just have a little adventure of Elizabeth on her own with using her wits, you know, to yeah. outsmart people, but... Like you said, it it takes too long, and that's the real problem with it.
0: I have to say that no one noticed. I mean, Elizabeth has like this hat sort of covering her face. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I still think they, they, they should have checked. Like, man, take that hat off, and it's like Elizabeth. Like, oh, <laughs> you're you're a woman. It's you. Um, but anyway, just with this crew, it's not going well. They. Just get one. They get a guy who has a, a bum leg and spare. And the compass isn't working, also, which should be pointed out. The it it's, it just keeps spinning around. Uh, it's only till uh, later um, where the compass will start to work. Sort of. It it won't work with Jack, but it will work with Elizabeth, and we'll get to that later. Um, but at this scene with Portuga, um, El- Elizabeth. Um. Oh, no, we see Norrington again. Yeah, yeah we see Norrington. Uh, and he's still... He's really... I mean, it's pretty much Jack's fault in a way that Norrington has struck so low.
1: I don't know. I think it's Norrington's own fault. I mean, it was his mistake to chase Jack in the way he did. He could have bided his time and been more smart about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But it, it's... I guess it's really just how Norrington sees it, that because of this man, um, he's just, the fact that he had this man to chase after, he he does blame Sparrow.
1: Yeah, he definitely blames Sparrow for sure, but it's just not really rational.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Um, But they sort of, they break out into a fight, and um, it, it's a little fun just seeing um, Depp sort of having to evade Norrington as sees- um, hiding behind this plant to sneak away, and um, Spare also lost his hat, which, when I was nine, really struck me deep. Like <laughs> I was like, "No, he has to get it back." <laughs> um, but yeah, Death is still a lot of fun. I think after the black spotly uh, is erased from his hand, um, Spare is just much more fun just because he doesn't have the crack and looming over him. He does have Jones. His shadow over him, but I think he's much more free to be a fun character.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I do like this scene with the the brawl in the bar. But I definitely think that it's one that probably could be cut or at least shortened because you know it is such a long movie, and I think that's one of the main problems with it. So, yeah, I, like it, it's not the best scene. It definitely works better than the whole Elizabeth situation. But if we're looking for mm-hmm. things to cut, I think this is one that could at least be shortened.
0: Yeah, I like seeing depth fall around. The, but it's when we keep cut other people we don't even know fighting around, and then seeing Norrington fight also isn't a ton of fun. I think it just could have. It, well, isn't it's it's fun, but it could have been cut.
1: Yeah, um, it could have been included in like an extended cut or something. And in their original yeah. cut, they could have just had. Jack hiding behind the plant, and then it's assumed the fight breaks out, and then they're all thrown out of the bar or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, and it 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 would it just if we want to see Norrington get hit over the head or something, like we should have seen Sparrow sort of nimble his way out of their tavern, and then once he like exits the door or something, we see Norrington like call out, "You coward!" and then Elizabeth sort of hits him over the head right there, and just pops up then. But we see Elizabeth sort of lurking around and stuff. And she's fighting too. Yeah. And it's just, it's tedious. Could have been cut. You're right. I think an extended cut would be good. Um, Honestly, I I don't know that it would do much, really. I mean, I feel like that would be something that, I don't think this is still something you have to have. I mean, it isn't really enhance the movie anyway. I don't see why the director would. Thing yeah, it needed to have it
1: there to enhance it. Well, um, it is kind of fun. I was just saying, like, if we take this version of the movie as an extended cut, then the theatrical version yeah. would probably be a lot more streamlined, and this was yeah, something it, yeah. that would not make it to the theatrical release.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, but Norrington and Elizabeth, um, they 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 um, joined the crew with Jack. Jack doesn't have a ton of people with oh, him. Yeah. But Jack is not really focused a ton on these 100 souls. He is focused on the heart of Davy Jones. Um, And they they talk about that later, but before they really joined the crew, um, we cut back to um, Davy Jones, who um, is playing his organ, which uh, when I was nine was the coolest thing ever.
1: Well, it's a really good song, so <laughs> it's yeah that's cool. why it
0: was so good this is that organ theme and you just the design of um uh Jones himself using his tentacles to play the piano I mean he honestly he should he should go to a different career instead of a, <laughs> being a pirate he should host a cruise like join the the cruise where Jones plays um with his um, tente- his, the piano with tentacle beard. That I would go on that cruise. Um,
1: yeah, but, it, it's definitely a cool sequence. It's very gothic and it it's reminiscent of like classic horror movies and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it, it it's really cool. This entire design looks really neat. While I I think the Black Pearl is much more of a character, the ship of, um, the the,
1: the Flying Dutchman,
0: the Flying Dutchman, yeah feels like a character itself also just with it, it's it's it, it does things to you just like it makes people look like this
1: yeah yeah and- i think the one thing about the flying dutchman that is like kind of pushing it is the triple cannon. but also i really like the triple cannon, so i don't mind but i could see if someone has a problem with that because it's just excessive at that point
0: Oh, it, it, I love the triple cannon. Just, you know, I had the Disney Infinity game where you put the <laughs> Disney characters on yeah. and we went to the parts of the Caribbean world. And while the Black Pearl was awesome, the, I would always put on the triple cannons from the Flying Dutchman and use that to go and shoot up ships or something because those cannons were
1: really Yeah, cool. it's cool, but um, like it's so <laughs> over the top, you know, like it,
0: it is over the top. Yeah. The yeah, and I think that there are some things that could have been enhanced. I say keep the three cannon, but I think the whole sinking underwater thing with the boat does not make a ton of sense. Like, stuff would lift off. I mean, uh, that's the part that I don't really
1: No, I, I love the ship going coming, especially when it comes up from out of the water. Man, I think that's cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's a great visual. I think, well, I love the three cannons, and you'd like the three cannons also, but they, they feel over the top. The, the um, coming out of the, the going underwater ship feels over the top for me, but I do like the visual. It, it coming out, I'd be like, oh, yes! Definitely. Um, but, you know, I like how um, Will and his father introduced, but it's such a brutal moment. I mean, um, Bootstrap Bill has to whip his son. It, it this is definitely a much darker one. This feels like a hard PG thirteen. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's it, and it's not even that it's bloody or anything. It's just emotionally dark.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, this is sort of not a very blood filled movie. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings in that, like when you slice um one of the crew members, it's it, fish comes yeah. out, or when you slice an orc, it's it's black blood. Um, so it, it doesn't necessarily count, but I do uh, really like how they meet and stuff. And honestly, Will doesn't feel that impressed, honestly, just with meeting his father. Like, he's he's, he's like, you did it to save me and stuff. I, I do feel like uh, the stuff with Will, that's what I'm least interested in. After he does the gambling with Davy Jones, I sort of become less interested in his storyline and I'm more interested in Jack's and Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, it's probably weaker as a storyline. I agree.
0: Yeah. Um, But, you know, I like what it it does here, but it it really is what's going to really sort of create the... When we get to that beach battle between Norrington, Will, and Jack, um, meeting his father is really what... um, Really, just pulls Will away from being on Jack's side at all.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's definitely necessary for the plot, but it's not the most engaging.
0: Yeah, it, it isn't. And hearing all the dude coming out of the wall talking about the rules and stuff, it, it, it is sort of the less interesting side. Um, uh, but I, I do. I, it, it's 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 cool. I mean, it looks interesting. It's cool. But I am more interested in what's going on with Jackie Elizabeth, which is also kind of weird. You know, as a nine-year-old watching this, the, what was so cool about Jack was, like, he is, like, a, above the law, you know? Like, he doesn't... And he doesn't have to kill either. Like, Jack is, like, you know, you can be Jack Sparrow because, you know, Jack won't kill. Um, but especially when we get to Stranger Tides... I never, ever went for Jack having um, a romantic interest. And with Elizabeth, it was even more weird.
1: Nah, I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see it. its interest now. As a 9-year-old, though, it, it, it was sort of weird. But I do sort of go with this relationship between Elizabeth and Jack. Even though it, it, it sort of started with... Um, the Curse of the Black Pearl, um, with uh, that sort of that beach scene, I, I do like it here in Dead Test. I will not like it in Stranger Tides. Yeah, I
1: think I think the reason why it's acceptable is that it doesn't end up working out, right? Like it's it's it makes sense that they would be like flirting and like you know I- I- inviting the idea, but if it had a- mm-hmm. if they had actually gone with that direction, it would have not it would have just been awful like that it can't actually happen but it's very fun and interesting to watch them interact and to like entertain the idea of how that would work because it it really just would not work and that's the funny part
0: yeah but at the same time there's one there's some part of it that makes sense just because jack is sort of this character that represents the danger that elizabeth sort of wants she's always been more attracted to this more wilder side. Even, you know, in Curse of the Black Pearl, she wanted Will to call her Elizabeth, but he called her Miss Swan, and and she just sort of didn't like that. She wants this more rogue side, but at the same time, Jack is just so untrustworthy.
1: Yeah, I think it even goes all the way back to the first uh, scene in Black Pearl when she first sees the Black Pearl, the ship, She, like, is immediately intrigued and falls in love with the idea of this ship. And Jack Sparrow is also in love with the idea of the ship. And it's it's, that same storyline continues through when they're on the beach, when they're both marooned, and Jack is talking about Mm -hmm. why he loves the Black Pearl and everything. Even though she's tricking him at that time and she's, you know, just trying to get off the island, really, definitely she noted um, his genuine connection with the ship and the ideas that it's connected with, and I think she uh, feels that very closely. So they're they're very close, but it's just it just wouldn't mm-hmm. work out in the long run. That's just the that's just the facts.
0: Yeah. Um, does she? Does Elizabeth is she at, at any point in this movie interested in Jack? Because when I listened to the audiobook, um, I remember there being some part of when, when she's looking at that compass, that um, the arrow points at Jack for a moment, whether that's a romantic interest or just that adventurous interest. I'm not sure. Um, did you get that out of this movie? Yeah.
1: I think there is a moment when she has her hand on the compass and it starts to go towards Jack. And then she like immediately tries to hide it and I think that's just the mm-hmm. hint that for whatever reason, whether it's romantic or not, she does feel closely connected to Jack and she wants to be with him and be involved with his life. But she would mm-hmm. never admit it uh publicly.
0: Oh definitely. And you know, with this um stuff with Elizabeth, I honestly like Elizabeth more than I do in Curse of the Black Pearl. Here she I feel like she really comes into her own. And yeah, she's more grown pain. a lot. Yeah, she's has this much deeper internal conflict and when they get to the beach and stuff and um, when she has to fight against the Jones' crew, Pencil and Rigetti, actual pirates, cowardly though they may be, they do have some sort of idea of how to fight, but she takes their swords and, and she's over there fighting the crew. I don't know, for me, that was awesome. Like, that was just really cool seeing her sort of coming to her own there and then also become much more of a a character and not being just sort of the damsel in distress that she was last time.
1: Yeah, I think all these characters are deepening due to the the situations that they're being put in in this movie. But I also think that while uh, Kira Knightley's or Elizabeth Swann's improvements or changes are improvements, I think Will Turner's character... It, you know, he is deepening and he has more emotional resonance, but it's also driving him to make decisions that aren't really what the audience wants. And I think that's an intentional decision to kind of, you know, by pushing him away, that's the only way you even invite the idea of Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth Swan or Elizabeth Swan and whoever else she might be interested in. And I think that separation uh, is important because otherwise they would be too closely connected as characters to have separate stories.
0: I totally agree with you. Eve, like As a nine-year-old and watching Will like fight against Jack on that beach, Will just lost all credit. <laughs> For me, I was like, <laughs> this guy, uh-uh. And if that's an intention of the director and studios, whatever, that's a mistake. Because the, even though Jack is the most fun character and the character we want to be he's sort of the han solo but we need that luke skywalker to relate to
1: yeah we've lost the we've lost the pure hero now everyone's an anti-hero
0: yeah like if luke fought against han like i be like no <laughs> no but here but they do do that here and I just like
1: <laughs> Will less. <laughs> I just
0: don't like him as much. Um, but, yeah, just even though like Han Solo is the more fun character and Jack Sparrow is the more fun character, we still need that Luke or Will to relate to. And, you know, honestly, Orlando Bloom, he's just okay here now. I feel like he's getting a, a much more... Stoned performance. I think it's it's fine. It's it's okay. Um, but I think he's really just disadvantaged by this poor script. You know, I was talking about Natalie Portman earlier and you were sort of defending her, and I haven't seen anything that she's good at because there hasn't been a movie I've seen where she's had a good script. Um, yeah. And the last one she did. Here's the script feels much more crammed and much more full, much just more messy. But I still, I still feel like. Bloom is sort of struggling to ha- try to make his character a little likable, but it's just coming off stoned, though.
1: What do you mean by stoned?
0: I just feel I think it's something that Orlando Bloom is often just sort of bashed that he, he has this sort of straight face, and I think that because we can't relate to him as much, it's just sort of harder for us to like Will a lot, and I think Orlando Bloom is doing just a, a fine job. I think it's just that he's disadvantaged by the script.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think you you mean like he's like stony? His performance is like stony? Yes. I got you. Sorry, I was just a little confused. Yeah. I, uh, I, I it, It's okay. I definitely agree. Um, it's, yeah, and it is due to the writing, but it's not just... It's not that the writing is bad, it's just that the writing is making his character less likable intentionally, like we said. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I agree that it's different than Star Wars, but I'm not sure if it's um I'm not sure if it's a bad decision, honestly. I don't mind it as much, but maybe it's because I didn't really like Will as much to begin with in the first movie, so there's not he doesn't fall as far from me.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he doesn't fall far here. I mean, I don't just dislike Will. I'm struggling to to go with Will's just sort of quest here. Um but it's really um you, you know we'll get to world's end. <laughs> but that's where I really have the problems with the Will character here. I'm just feel like I'm trying to relate to this character and he's sort of pushing me away, uh, but I'm still I'm still finding ways to to go with it. Um, but, uh, when we, uh, get to that scene where he's going against Jones in this game of, um, Liar's Dice, um, on one hand, I do like it, but I don't feel like we've had enough time with Bootstrap Bill and Will together for me to care a whole lot about Bootstrap Bill, and I also don't want to spend a lot of time with Bootstrap Bill and Will Turner because I'm more interested in something else and find some of the other stuff here to be dull and learning about how the Dutchman works and stuff. And I didn't understand how to play Liar's Dice. Like when I was nine, like I'd be like, all right, how do I get this game? We gotta get some dice, okay? What? I, I didn't get how to play it. And so I needed, you know, in Casino Royale, when Bond is playing against the Sheath, um, Mathis is sort of calling at the sidelines what is. Um, what Bond has to get to win. Yeah, what's at stake what and how it's working. Next. Yeah, I needed Mathis over here <laughs> <laughs> to come over here and tell me how this was going because I didn't understand Texas holding a whole lot in Casino Royale, but I was able to get a lot of it done thanks to Mathis just sort of understanding how the game was being played. I did not get it at all and really just don't care. Um, but I do... I do sort of like Will trying to get the key and stuff, but really I'm just I just feel cold just against this Will and Bootstrap Bill stuff. I mean, it's fine. It's it's fairly well written. I'm just not as interested into it as much.
1: Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. Uh, but he gets the key. Uh, he has to fight through this, make his way through this tentacles and stuff. Um, but he, he boards a ship and or he gets a um a rowboat and uh sort of sails away and he'll go back to the the boat that um uh Elizabeth was on and they'll have the dresser bit of a coincidence I'll have to say but it, it, it I go with
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I mean there were a few of those in uh the Black Pearl too, so it's kind of a staple. Yeah, there
0: was, there was. Yeah. Um, you know, after this though we we cut back to Elizabeth and Jack and sort of seeing the relationship here. Um, you know, and Elizabeth, she's kind of flirting with Jack too. Just sort of like she like sort of goes in for I think for that kiss moment and but the black spot goes back on Jack's hand. Um so I'm I'm really like not understanding all of Elizabeth's intentions here when she's flirting with Jack because I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Did, did you ex- did you get exactly what her intentions are with her flirting with Jack?
1: I mean, she's definitely messing with him partially. Like she's just pushing the envelope, and you know she just enjoys the attention that he gives her. So that's part of it. Yeah. Um, like we said earlier, she definitely um has some kind of feeling for him. So. She she finds it mm-hmm. natural to, uh, I guess, respond to him in that way. I don't know. Uh, but also, mm-hmm. she is confused on what she wants, so it makes sense that her her actions are confusing, too.
0: Yeah. I, I do like this eternal conflict, and, and I feel like when she's with Jack, she's able to just display more emotions. I feel like Keira Knightley has a lot more to work with here, and also with um, Norrington... Uh, I forgot the actor's name again, but I do like uh, Jack Davenport. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I do like feel like he's able to give a much more performance, because a much better performance, because he's not playing this stone cold Commodore, uh, that, from Port Royal. Here, he's sort of just this disgraced character, and I feel like he's able to do a lot more with his character.
1: Yeah, it's another example of someone who was more heroic, or at least thought they were heroic, in the first movie, being revealed mm-hmm. as anti-heroic.
0: Yeah. Um, and, um, the, oh, yeah, uh, um, so, Will makes his way to, um, uh, the ship that Elizabeth is on, that's it, and, um, the Kraken shows up. This, this scene is really cool.
1: Yeah, it's a spectacle.
0: Yeah, just, it's... The CGI is fantastic. I mean, I think that it's aided by this just a much more slimy creature, and shinier things are easier to do with CGI. Right. But it looks so good. It, it's full of suspense too. I mean, not really. I mean, I think we know Will's gonna escape, but it's just sort of it's looks so good, and you know, it's like we hit a reef, and it's revealed that. No, it, it's it's the Kraken, and that'll be um, called back to later uh, at the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, just this, seeing the tentacles wrap around, and uh, I get a lot from um, Orlando Bloom's face also, just as he's trying to escape here, and he's using a knife to get away and stuff. Um, this scene is, is great, and it's honestly one of the standout scenes. When I think of this movie, I think of this scene with the Kraken um. Uh, getting uh, wrapping its tentacles around this ship and stuff, and Jones is really cruel too. He has the his men whipped to unleash the Kraken. They have to they sort of have to churn something to let down let this thud happen to call for the Kraken. Uh, I also had that too in the Disney Infinity game, and I use <laughs> it a lot. Um, but it, it's just it looks good. Um, Jones is just a menacing figure that he has this weapon and it, it's, it's a great scene.
1: Yeah, I think one of the reasons that particularly the CGI works so well is that the tentacles that we see on the surface are really only a tiny portion of the Kraken and we get a glimpse of that underwater which I think is one of the coolest moments in the whole movie. We see like through the water, you know, in Merkley we see the entire body of the kraken and it's just massive. So like oh yeah. I have this theory that from a CGI perspective, the CGI is most notable when you can see the entirety of the creature or the building or whatever that is being created through CGI. Because mm-hmm. the the mechanics of the creature, especially with the kraken, the mechanics of the creature are completely worked out from a CGI perspective for the entire thing, but we really only do mm-hmm. the tentacles moving around and, you know, attacking the ship. So, yeah. I think if we saw the whole thing really clearly, we'd be immediately be like, oh, well, that's so clearly CGI. So they were smart mm-hmm. to do that.
0: Yeah. And you know, another thing that aids the scene so much is that great paul zimmer score the dun 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 it's just great it, it's, it's just epic. thundering it's yeah it's epic it adds it feels just as part of the creature uh the, the score feels just as part of a creature as anything else just with the theme uh, just of star wars with this opening credits is how i feel with this, this score with the Kraken. it's it's great
1: yeah, it fits the scene so well. You'd think that Hans Zimmer has been through an experience like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's adding something to this to the Kraken by making the score. And you know, when we pan back after seeing the, the tentacles sort of writhe on the mast, when we cut back and see the ship sort of just falling in half, and the and we get just a huge pan back, and one of the crew members falls down into its mouth it is just great
1: yeah there's so many moments that are really cool in this scene
0: yeah um will gets away i don't think there's much suspense in that i think we knew he was gonna get away
1: but it still
0: (laughs) looks great um jones is still mad because he's got the key and he just has that cloth with the key which i thought was sort of that was sort of funny um yeah but um we get more scenes with um Jackie and Elizabeth. It's, I still feel like some of this stuff could be cut also between Jackie and Elizabeth. While it it looks really good, uh just not it it's acted really well. It uh it's got a great script behind it with these scenes. I still feel like it some of it could have been cut.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure there's uh, I mean it's hard to really pick and choose what should or shouldn't be cut. It would be easier to see if there were two cuts and you could compare them. But mm-hmm. um, there's definitely some stuff that goes too long here.
0: Yeah, but you're right. If I had to choose between some of the stuff with Will and some of the stuff with Jack and Elizabeth, I would pick this stuff. This is more entertaining. It's got more this eternal conflict between both Jack and Elizabeth, and the black spot appears also on Jack's hand. Um so this all looks good and it's all acted well. Um and they sail back to um No they sail to the island where the chest is hidden yep. and um Um I mean, this is some collide. of the best Oh yeah <laughs> This is some of the best stuff Um of the movie with that Kraken scene and the introduction to Jones and this island stuff is really what I think about. And when we get to that three-way sword fight. like
1: um, the rolling the wheel, that's awesome.
0: Yes, the rolling wheel. Um, you know, they dig up the chest and stuff and it's full of just love letters and stuff. You know, one of the things I'll say for World's End is it's the Jones character really becomes much more human through some of that stuff with Calypso. Um, but here it's the tip of the iceberg, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. They're they're. I think they're now intentionally trying to do, trying to put things in the story that were in the Black Pearl that they mined for this movie, so that they can mine it for the next one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and um, Will pops up on shore. Jones isn't too far behind. We get that shot of he goes underneath the water and, and he comes back up. Looks great. Feels over the top, but it, it does look really cool. Just yes, we're gonna get over. That's one thing I was so mad about in that Disney Infinity game. Once you got the flying detriment, you couldn't go underwater. I was uh, so mad, Patrick. I was so but I mad. I mean that would
1: be so um, hard to do from like a design perspective. <laughs>
0: it would be, yeah. I, I wouldn't know how it worked. But um yeah, Will makes it to shore and we every it, it sort of spelled out the intentions pretty much. We understand what each character wants. Jack wants the heart so he can barter with Davy Jones to save his skin, and then, um, Norrington wants the heart so he can use it to bargain with um, uh, um, Lord Beckett. Um, and then Will wants the heart so that he can get his father, um. Freed because through the scene with the liar's dice, um, what Bootstrap Bill did was he pretty much just cost himself an eternal year of service. Yeah. Um, so essentially, he's doomed. He doesn't have any hope, even though it's told that if even if his hundred years were up, he would just be such a part of the ship that he was just beyond salvation. He couldn't be saved.
1: Yeah, but Will hasn't lost hope for him.
0: Yeah. And um, uh, after when Will comes ashore and we learn these intentions and stuff, and Elizabeth is just frustrated and stuff. This is the part with Kieran Knightley's acting that I didn't exactly go with her pouting on the
1: st- Yeah.
0: I don't think I did a whole lot for the female stereotype in Hollywood, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did, uh, I do really like this sword chase, this three way fight between Jack will and norrington know, i think we're all pulling for jack here just because will has just been pushed back so much that jack's been the character we're having the most fun with and norrington he's always been sort of a, 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 an antagonist right. really even though he had those redeeming qualities he still feels like an antagonist and lord lord beckett's just a slimy figure we don't want him to get the heart So really, I'm going for Jack. I don't know about you, Patrick, but I'm going for Jack. Yeah,
1: I agree. And I will say for Kira Nylee, I feel like her character is not really, is not pouting just out of like weakness or anything. She's just pouting because, uh, let's be honest, these guys are being a little stupid with letting their their swords get in the way of their heads kind of in this uh, scenario.
0: Oh no doubt, yeah. and I did really like that she um, tries the fainting, yeah, and it didn't work. I did like that callback. That was that was yeah. Funny. So
1: like, I understand her um, frustration, but I don't think the the comedic moment that they were going for hits as well as it could have.
0: Yeah, and I get it. I mean, honestly, like what of the stands out of this movie when I look back, and I think that Zedman's test has, has a foot above, um, Crystal Black Pearl as far as the Elizabeth character. Like, I really go with Keira Knightley's character in this. I think she is at her best here. And this will be her best performance throughout the series, I think. Um, but she is really good here. I mean, she's the... Really, when Will um, sort of becomes this character we can't relate to. And Jack is just such a wily character. You know, it's hard to relate to him, even though that's the character we want to be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i really relating with... Um, Kira Knightley's character, just because that she is sort of making the right calls, she'll totally flip the switch when we get to that ending. Yeah. <laughs> but to these scenes, she's no- the one who's normally making the decisions that I'm going with.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it started like her being a more uh, or a stronger character definitely started way back when she held Beckett at gunpoint to get the papers.
0: Yeah and yeah this this sword fight is awesome you mentioned the wheel so much fun um just the it, it you know it's obvious that this is a pretty blatant mcguffin the key then the heart the key and the heart it's a pretty obvious mcguffin but just with um sparrow depth still giving another great performance i mean it's just so much fun I and mean, he just that walk when he's Running away, it, it, it's all just so much. Yeah,
1: fun. I actually have um, the, the Lego set for this sequence, and it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I know that that's still one that I want to have. And I got the um Saint Mary with Salazar, yeah, uh, but it broke when we moved, oh, really? so I'm a little bummed out about that. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> the great action scene and the, 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 the creatures come ashore, Jones can't touch. Sure. He can't but once every twelve years.
1: I don't remember what the amount of years is, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't either. So, anyway, um he cannot get on. It's just sort of weird, like his crew can get on, but he can't. I like how den Manteno Tales does it, where that they can um none of them can walk on shore. I don't get why the crew can, well,
1: but I I'd go with it. That, and, I think the idea is that uh, Davy Jones is tied to the sea and like the ship and everything, but his crew is just tied to him, so it's like one step removed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, the crew comes short, and I really like Elizabeth Swan getting her moments here when she's stabbing those crew members. They don't necessarily die, but it's still really cool. And Pencil and Rigetti even get their moment too. They get a few. Uh, they're running with the chest and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's all really good. Uh, it comes to an end. Uh, I it sort they just sort of get dizzy by the will. It's sort of anticlimactic, but it, it's fine. And the, oh, we didn't mention the jar of dirt. It's <laughs> so awesome, man! That jar of dirt. Yeah. You know, I really would like one of those.
1: Well, you could just get a jar. Actually, and no. Then I totally go get some that dirt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that probably would be pretty easy to get my hands on,
1: actually.
0: Tiana but... <laughs> gives Jack the jar of dirt um, when they go to um, her little hut or whatever her swamp. <laughs> um, and it's just said it's useless, but Davy Jones can't get on dry land. So wait, if you just dump this sand on Davy Jones, does that kill him? I don't
1: know. I th- I think the, I think part of the joke of the jar of dirt is that it was kind of just like a, um, a placebo effect for, like, Jack Sparrow to not be as scared of uh, Davy Jones. But I don't think it really does that much, honestly, to stop Davy Jones. Like, it's, it is just a dir- jar of dirt. I think that's what's so funny.
0: Yeah, but it, Sparrow puts the heart in the jar. You know, when I was watching this, I was nine and – I saw him take the heart. I was like, wow, it isn't like the shape. That was the moment when I realized that the heart does not look like that. But it looks really
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and anyway, Sparrow puts the heart in. And Jones is, they're sort of outmatched. Um, but um, they battle. And they have their final show now with Jones. But before um, we get to that, we're going to take a break. All right, we're back.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: So Norrington held the men off. He noticed the papers, and no, he noticed the jar. Right? He saw the papers, and he took the jar. Yes. He took the jar, um, and then you know the whole the the one thing that I have to say the two slides of sword fight is that it's. Sort of the MacGuffin thing doesn't always work, and then the it's sort of anticlimactic just that they sort of end it by rolling off the
1: beach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, it's but, kind of anticlimactic, but it also makes sense when they're on a wheel that's rolling, the wheel's going to stop at some point.
0: Yeah, um, anyway, they they roll off to the Black Pearl, and pretty much Jones is chasing after them, and um. The Dutchman could sail against the wind, even though the the Black Pearl's an incredibly fast ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the wind, they have their right. advantage.
1: And against the wind, the Dutchman has the advantage.
0: Right. Um, and I do. Spare is great here. He he thinks he's got the heart. Like he's like telling him, mm-hmm. "I got the heart in here," and it's it's. <laughs> It's he's doing a great job and um Jones sort of pulls up next to him and it's so great. He's like, I got the jar of dirt, I got the jar of dirt. It's just so funny. And he trips and he doesn't have the heart. Depp is great. Once he once after that scene where he gets the black spot taken off after that Mm -hmm. shipwreck, I'm all for Depp. He he was great in those first scenes and at the Campbell island but he's fun throughout um and uh they send the kraken right after um black pearl and jack makes a run (laughs) for it (laughs) as a a nine year old that also angered me out jack you coward go back there but he did totally comes up rolls out looking so cool and he shoots the Kraken and stuff. But Will he's sort of the leader once Jack uh, abandons him because he dealt with the Kraken before. Um, he's warning them not to go against the ma- the um, the mast and stuff. I think when I think about a Kraken attack, I think about the one where they're taught when they're getting that um, that um, East India Trading Company yeah. ship. That's the one I go back to the most. But this is still really good, great CGI. They're being creative with it as they're sort of. Just slicing at it and shooting at it, it won't do anything. Um, but they're they're really having to be creative here. Uh it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And it's suspenseful too. Just that you don't really know how many are gonna die and stuff. It, you could feel every loss because Jack doesn't have a huge crew at this point. I mean, he's low on them because the those guys who we didn't know their names, they got killed um at that cannibal island. Um one of them slipped when they were trying to escape, self. and they all died, and that was like half of jack's crew yeah um, and so will sort of yeah, he's don't let them get the mass and he's they're blowing cans into this cracking stuff, <laughs> um but Jack comes back and he um shoots what is he shoots a barrel of uh, i think is it gunpowder right and it Makes, does huge damage to the Kraken. It, it gets really burnt up, but by the end of this, the Kraken isn't looking so great. Yeah,
1: I mean, they they do pretty good against it, which is good, because it mm-hmm. makes it uh, more believable that they weren't just immediately wiped out like the Kraken has done in the past.
0: Yeah. And this is the last time, really, we'll see the Kraken, and World's End, I mean, really sort of a Terrible way to end the Kraken. We don't ever see him again after this. I mean, it's the the way he goes down. It's it, it's cool, but the fact that he's killed off screen later in World's
1: End is a real downer. Yeah, I mean, I I get that they they can only uh they can only rely on the spectacle of the Kraken so many times before it starts getting old. So they needed some kind of mm-hmm. new uh new engine for the action in at world's end which i get and they i mean spoiler alert they kind of made up for it with the whirlpool i feel like
0: oh yeah the action world's end is really good and we'll get to that um and um the, jack has to leave the boat i really feel like jack is really becoming into a more three-dimensional character even more than he was in the first movie um just um with him having to make the tougher decisions. I mean, he's not being ruthless, you know, but he's making this tough decisions that that we both scold him on, on not being able to make in the first Yeah, movie. well,
1: he's it's one of the first times where he's genuinely selfless for no other reason than to help others, you know. There's really nothing mm-hmm. in it for him. Yeah, you know, and um the first one he's more of the
0: it's sort of a back to the future scenario where um, the main character in that movie doesn't really have an arc, but we just follow him through yeah. the movie. Um, but here Jack does go through an arc. He begun he begins to care more about other people and is able to make those tough decisions. And right, he's being selfless. Um, but it doesn't really pay out for Jack because
1: yeah, that's the um, selfless part.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, that's what Jack gets. You know, Jack's like, all right, I'll do it this one time. And look what he gets for trying to be selfless. Um, Elizabeth um, kisses Jack and then ties him to the mask with a handcuff. And as a nine-year-old, all respect I had for Elizabeth in this movie just went out the window. I was like, wow. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, man, poor Jack. And Will catches Elizabeth um, kissing Jack and really you know when we get to world's end like i guess that it... you know elizabeth and will have even less screen time to care, together than they did in the first movie
1: in at world's end
0: oh no in, in Dead Man's yeah. chest yeah yeah they don't have as much screen time together yeah and you know, the 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 kiss will set up what'll happen in world's end between their soap opera squabble um but yeah well i, mean, um, I think
1: that the it's good that they keep putting, um, like, challenges in the way of their relationship because otherwise it's all tied yeah. up at Curse of the Black Pearl and then there's no conflict.
0: Yeah. It, it, it makes them come out stronger true, in the end. True, true. Um, but they abandon ship. Jack um, puts some oil or something on the, the handcuff and he's able to slip out. Um, and Jack gets his hat back. Um, the Kraken throws up Jack's hat. It may be cheesy, but I totally It's disgusting, it. first um, of all. It's disgusting, yeah. <laughs> that, it, it is disgusting. Like, I don't know if I'd put it on, no matter how much I love my hat. I don't know if I'd put it on. But well, I think you only put it, it, it on because you awesome, knew he was just... about
1: to jump down the gullet.
0: Yeah, that it's, it's a great way to go. Just, I mean, I do you yeah, know, I wish like I could understand audience reactions when this movie came out. Like how did people take this? You know, like what was the yeah. reaction? Like did people cry? then I doubt it. Did people think he'd come back? Cause I know as a kid, like I was like, boy, he's coming right. back. But well, I was still so mad. Like when I watched these movies, like it was sort of a everyday marathon, sort of like what you and I are doing, uh, we would watch one and maybe you know, honestly, like, maybe in the next week or something, we'd watch the next. And after seeing this, one, I begged my dad to let me watch the third one. And he's like, no, that movie is too long. Yeah. We're not starting it. And uh, I was so mad. Like, as a nine-year-old, I hated cliffhangers. Yeah. Like, they just made me so mad. Especially with movies, because I had to wait a few more days before I knew it. And it's... And that's why, like, I'm so glad. That, like, we have Netflix where I don't have to wait but on one hand, it's it's a good cliffhanger, also. Just with, it, it leaves you wanting more. It's a smart move, I think. We know Jack's gonna come back
1: somehow. Right.
0: I mean, it, it, with the meta knowledge we know now, that there are like three more
1: sequels. Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, but it's a great way to go. Great shot. Um, the score, man, Prost on Zimmer. I. This is a great score. What he's done here, it, it's fantastic. It's epic, like he said. Uh, and Sparrow, just the face he has, and it, it's a somber look, but he still has that charm to it. It, it. It's awesome when he charges into the beast. Great shot, great cinematography. Um, and yeah, if this was how he died, I honestly am not sure i feel about it because he gets really t- – Elizabeth essentially kills him. Like, <laughs> she condemns him, really.
1: Yeah, it's true. and
0: yeah, and I'd really like for to go down and battle honorably. I don't know if I'd like like his like Elizabeth to be the one who puts the boat. It's a tough luck, but I do like how it, it goes down though, and I think that it really makes Elizabeth sort of not look good, but then at the same time, it makes her character feel like she's gone through some like a huge arc really in this movie.
1: Yeah, and it, it was definitely it's. It's kind of forced by the situation that they find themselves in, but th- that makes it very natural. So it's good.
0: Yeah, like I said she she really comes into her own in this movie. Definitely. Um, but Jack and the Black Pearl go down together. I do really like that that they go down together. It's very just poetic, really, that they would go down together. And um, Jones watches off in the difference and grins and. Boy, Bootstrap Bill, he does not look like he's going to have it good after this. (laughs) Jones was choking him earlier like Darth Vader, and I I don't know, I wouldn't want to be Bootstrap Bill right now, but, um, yeah, they sort of sail off into feet. It's a really Empire Strikes Back way to go. You know, we have really, well, at least I've been really throwing out the Star Wars references here with Luke, Han, and Leia, Mm -hmm. um, and that's how it feels. You know, Han just went to Carbonite.
1: Exactly. And
0: uh, Luke and Leia are sort of watching in the distance, and C-3PO and um, R 2 being Pentel and Brigetti are sort of right there <laughs> with them, and um, yeah, it, it's it feels much more dour, and honestly, when I look back on this franchise, this is the most bleak one. I mean, it, it just feels much more bleak, and I guess that's how I feel with Empire Strikes Back also, but I still feel like there was some some fun in that movie and there's some fun here too but the two feel different in a way but in the in the, in the in the in the end they kind of look the same
1: yeah it's true the, the storylines are definitely very close and I think there was yeah, definitely yeah. inspiration here uh, from Star Wars on this series but they definitely mm-hmm. have their own language and their own flavor to it
0: definitely and um, they sail off and um, they go back to Tiadama, and um, they all look down on their luck, like, Will and Elizabeth are not sitting together, like, they do not look good, Uh, but Jeffrey Rush comes back, stomping down there, and I don't know, I was excited, but (laughs) I saw him as not, I was like, yeah, then I was so confused also, like, wait,
1: I was very confused,
0: (laughs) yeah, I was like, whoa, didn't he die last movie? And you know, still, like, we were talking about this this um a few days ago, just talking about the coin that the monkey takes, uh, and you you were like, yeah, that's going to hint back to um, what's going to come later with Hector mm-hmm. Barbos, and that's how he's going to be resurrected. And I was like, no, it's a Tia Dalma. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it feels really ambiguous, and it's a big gimme, to be honest. I'm not sure if I'm going to give it to him, but... I don't know. Jeffrey Rush is going to be a, I still think he's going to be a lot of fun in the next movie so I'm going to go with it and he bites in that apple and I'm like yes! <laughs> and I feel so good just after the Jack Sparrow like my favorite character like at the time Jack Sparrow is like my favorite character in all movie history and like I was like no! But um, Jeffrey Rush he, he gives me a little hope as a nine year old It's like yes there's some hope here um,
1: yeah, yeah, but it's sure.
0: Yeah, he comes back and like I feel like it, Jeffrey Rush is just like walking into like a funeral. Like I would, I'd really like to see this like play out like in real life. Like Jeffrey Rush is like walking back. He's like, I'm back, and everyone's so down. Like they're hey, I was
1: like what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, I still think it's a great way to go on buying it's the apple. Love that he's not cursed anymore, so he can taste it. Um, and yeah. That's pretty much the ending, but we do have that post credit sequence where the dog is ruling the the cannibals and I guess it means he's gonna get eaten.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sad yeah, but that true. Dog is dead. Sad but true. Yeah.
0: It, it feels like this movie, it feels so bitter. Like on one hand it's a joke, but then it feels really bitter, like, oh, that dog's gonna die. It's,
1: <laughs> it's a dark a... joke for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely a dark joke. Uh, and the dog has his tongue out too. I, as a kid, I, as a nine-year-old, I was like, "Dog is gonna die," and I knew it too. I was like, "Man, this movie is really just being rough on me." But anyway, let's do it. Um, Patrick, do you recommend Parts of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest?
1: Um, yeah, I recommend it definitely. If you've seen the first one, like, and you and you like the first one, and you want more. You you're not gonna be completely disappointed by the second one. It's still gonna be enjoyable and entertaining, even though it's definitely not as good.
0: Yeah. As for me, you know, I ended last one giving it five stars, just a strong recommend. Um, second one, as I when I was looking back at these, like if, as my nine year old self, I was like, this was not my favorite. Like, but it was better than Stranger Todd, so I gave it that. But it still never felt like my favorite. You know. Well, it gets worlds in, but as a nine-year-old, that one was my favorite, and I guess it's because that was the longest one. Because for me, if you watch a longer movie, it means you get to stay up late more. Yeah, um, but uh, it feels a lot more dour here, and that's really something that. And I, well, Johnny Depp is still as fun as ever. I feel like he's hampered a lot more just because he's got that black spot on him. Uh, but there's some great CGI. I feel like the sword fight in on that beach is the best sword fight we've got so far. Um, even though it may not be my favorite, it might be the best choreographed. Um, CGI is good. Great um, villain by David Jones. Will uh just feel cold on him. Orlando Bloom he he does fine. I just still feel cold the character. But there's some things that I think have been improved. Um, from the first one, I feel like Elizabeth has become much more of a character. Norrington is a, just a lot better. Uh, CGI is even better than it was last time. And I think we both said it was really good last time. Um, so things have improved here, but I still think that this movie isn't as fun and just as enjoyable as the first one was. And I'm going to give this a, just a, a solid recommend, um, and, you know, I hear some people say that, oh, this is where the, the Pirates franchise just totally just failed and flopped. After the first one, Just all them stink. No, as far as we've gone so far, this was a good movie. I, I still think that there's some things that could be cut, and it's not as good as the first one. But this is still a solid recommend. It's still a great Pirates movie. It's still a, a, a solid cast. Depth still being the standout.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree.
0: Um, so that is pretty much the end of Demon's Justice. Uh, but Patrick, um, are there five more movies you want to watch, or do you want to go? Since we did that just a few days ago, do you want to skip over that?
1: Um, let me see real quick. I think I have five. Um, gotta go to my list real quick. Yeah. So I'm still haven't seen Planet of the Apes, which I think I mentioned. And uh, after mm-hmm. watching The General, I definitely want to watch more Buster Keaton. So I've got. The Cameraman and the Scarecrow on my list, and mm-hmm. uh, after watching Pa de du or whatever, I want to watch more uh, great short films, so I've got a few of those, like Un Chien Andalo on my list, and uh, *Meshes of the Afternoon, so I think that's five.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. Um, none of mine has really altered, uh, only just a few days ago since we talked, uh, but
1: No, are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Sorry,
1: okay. My dad
0: called, and I was afraid that. Um, the, the. anyway, I'm still here. Um, I finished the Viva Vendetta comic book. Um, so it yes. seems I'm definitely going to um watch the movie very soon. Um, Viva Vendetta, just a preview, I probably might do. Uh, a review for that later uh, I am trying to start um, the book podcast it's called the book and chill podcast that's something I'm trying to start um, Anchor which is the app that we use only lets me have one podcast though so I'm kind of figuring out how I'm going to make that work uh, but V for Vendetta will definitely be a comic that I will review on there if we ever do a review of the V for Vendetta movie uh, which would be awesome um, but um, yeah i am still got that on my list and um, yeah, nothing's really altered on my top five. Awesome. Um, so yep, that pretty much wraps up uh, uh, episode forty-one, movie X podcast. Um, yeah, I'm interested into going into World's End, um, because I know that that one is that one especially has been marked as the downfall of the franchise. Um, the last time I saw it, that was like my favorite Parts of movie. Thus, meaning it was my favorite movie. Um, at the time. Uh, Now looking back on it, I can definitely see that we will have some, just some false notes going in. I'm not sure. I haven't revisited it in in like four years, Um, but I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to revisit that, Um, and I'm excited for that episode.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about that too, and honestly, personally, I'm interested in On Stranger Tides because I've only seen that once, and it was really late, so I have like a very vague memory of it, so I'd be interested to see what comes out of that one too down the line Yeah,
0: you know so far um, Batman and Robin we should be doing that episode tomorrow Um, and we finished Batman Forever Um, and I didn't say it at the time but that's probably the worst movie that we have reviewed uh, so (laughs) far in my opinion Um, but at least that I reviewed that's my least favorite that we've done so far Um, but, but man we got Batman and Robin tomorrow which will probably steal the cake but i feel like there's going to be some laugh out loud moments in that movie just so bad it's good um but stranger tides man i remember hating that movie um <laughs> but i i don't know if i'll be I, if it's as bad as i remember then i'll be trash i'll try to find redeeming qualities but mm, all right I, i'm interested maybe my opinion has changed i only saw when i was
1: 10 well it's last, something to look so forward to that. either way um,
0: yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much wraps up uh, 20, episode 21 of the Movie Max podcast. Patrick, where can people find you if they want to hear as more? As always,
1: about you, you can find me on Letterboxd at Patrick Osegan, capital P and capital O. That's P A T R I C K O S I G I A N.
0: Awesome. And as for me, you can find me over at my blog, the no I'm in the middle of working on a Dr. Strangelove or Highland to Stop Worrying about, and uh, to stop worrying and Love the Bomb review. So I should have that coming out soon. Um, you can also find me over at Letterboxd. Um, my name is, um, my actual name, um, capital N-O-A-H for Noah. And then another word, capital N-E-W-C-O-N-B for Newcomb. Um, if you wish to email the podcast, please do so at moviemaniacs2020 at gmail.com. Patrick, thank you again for joining me. And I can't wait to come back and talk about World's End, uh, but we'll also have Batman and Robin. We'll have that episode coming out very soon. Um, and let's go and set sail to our next adventure. <laughs>